0: Welcome, 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 everyone. Today's newest episode, Heal Thyself. We're going, we're going. We got lots of shows. We got lots of uh, information coming for you. Thank you for joining. Thank you for taking the time out. Uh, Thank you for having your loved ones listen. And thank you for the beautiful uh, posts and stories that I see with everyone really learning some amazing stuff. That's the whole point. Information, empowerment, and everything uh, for you. Okay, so... Knowledge Bomb, as always, going to talk about something really, really important right now. Very relevant. Come to think of it, I should have even done this earlier, but it's never too late right? We're going to get some good information for you on how to protect your home in the most non-toxic way, important stuff. And also our guest is a very special friend of mine. I've been on his podcast, Chase Tuning, and he's going to be incredible. He has such an amazing story. And if and, and I've gotten some good feedback. Hey, Dr. G, we love your voice. It's really calming. It's really soothing. This guy has a voice made for podcasts. Wait till you hear him. Uh, amazing. Uh, so without further ado, yeah. Hey, let's get to the knowledge bomb. okay so i wanted everyone to know actually i need you to know some of these tips on how to keep yourself having a safe home now in the climate that we're in we are inundated with fear all the time right and it's created this impulsive uh incessant need to clean and clean and clean and clean the house i've seen it myself i've heard it from people right we become so obsessed with disinfecting that we've overlooked the importance of keeping our environment healthy, right? At the dismay of that, we're over here thinking, all right, how can I sanitize every single surface in my house to protect it? Because the media said, I'm gonna die if I don't. Well, I want us to keep in mind the importance of how we move forward, right? Think about it. Not only, it's very important to keep your surfaces clean, right, disinfect the home, right? Keep it nice and nice and clean. But we also have to keep in mind, well, are we in shape? Are we inflamed? Is our immune system overburdened? Is it exhausted? Are we handling stress properly? Are we in the sun? Are our feet touching the ground, right? Do we have a sense of community? These are the things we really have to question uh, in addition to disinfecting our home. it's not that easy just wash your hands disinfect surfaces wear a mask and then lock yourself inside right that that's part of the solution but it's far from the solution okay so with that said i'm here to help you learn about my favorite non-toxic solutions to use and if you don't want to buy them and you want to do it yourself at home i'm going to give you some of the products you have at home and why here is why non-toxic cleaning products are so important right so people love bleach and i was so disconnected with how many people use it but you know someone last week spoke to me and they said well, Dr. G, what about bleach weekly? Is that okay, especially with everything going on? And interestingly enough, this guy was telling me in the past about how he suffered from chronic migraines and bleach is connected to to migraines and headaches. So I urge him to stop and assess how he feels after, right? And bleach is very, very common. More common than you may think. A lot, a lot of people use it. Bleach can be chlorine-based, such as uh, calcium hypochlorite. Or it can be non-chlorine-based, which is a peroxide-based, okay? But it's going to be one of these two. So you go and buy bleach, and you bring it into the house. The problem with bleach, as you may know, and as you, this isn't breaking news, is the vapors, right? The, what you're breathing in is going to have a physiological effect on the body, and we know what it does. Bleach is irritating. And it's corrosive, right? It affects the mucosal tissue of the eyes, the nose, the mouth, the respiratory tract, right? If you have a child or family member who already has asthma, you never want to really use bleach, right? It can really exacerbate the asthma. And not only that, the Association of Occupational and Environmental Clinics, right, AOEC, they classified bleach as an asthmogen, meaning it doesn't just exacerbate asthma. It causes it, right? That's a problem. That's a big problem. Asthma is very common. And we see a lot of kids with it. And, you know, you go to an allergist or pulmonologist and they'll say, look, your child has asthma, probably allergic to something outside. Here's the inhaler, okay? But no one ever is really investigating, well, well are you using it in the house all the time? So really important for us to think about, all right? So breathing in that hypochlorous acid, the chlorine, right? The chlorine causes, and it's a major, strong, strong oxidant. I talk about inflammation. Inflammation is an underlying factor. If you're inflamed and then you're exposed to, let's say, a coronavirus, that's a problem versus someone who's not inflamed. If you're using bleach over and over, that massive amount of oxidation that's happening from it when you're breathing it in is causing, by virtue, inflammation, right? And there's a significant amount that's released. If you use bleach outside, And the chemical levels will be shown to be low, right? About 10 to 100 parts per trillion. If you use it indoors and then you measure it, it's going to be about 100 parts per billion or higher. Well, what does that mean? Well, it's significant because one part per billion is equal to about 1,000 parts per trillion. So you're outside, you have about 100 parts per trillion max, but then you're inside, 100 parts per billion. That's that's significant exposure, especially if you're using it over and over and over. So even if you use bleach, you got to open the windows always. In the Journal of Environmental Technology, what do we see? When bleach is paired with any lemon-based cleaners, which a lot of us do, right? We we there's even cleaners out there that have them together, but some of us pair them, you use a bleach first and then, you know, come back and use a lemon-based cleaner. The byproduct can be harmful. These particles that it creates can get into the respiratory system. The byproduct is called limonene, and it's harmful to you, your kids, and your pets. So you wanna check if any of your home products have bleach and the uh, limonene, which is the citrus derivative, okay? Um, When bleach reacts in your body, it hits your cells, right? And what it, what happens is it causes the protein in those cells to unravel and break down, and then the cell dies, right? We know this. And where does it do it the most? In our respiratory system, and our eyes. So additionally, you never mix bleach with toilet bowl cleaners or ammonia, right? These can cause even more significant respiratory effects. Now, if you must use bleach, it's part of your job, or you can't do without it, make sure you use gloves, make sure you use a mask, make sure you use goggles, make sure you open up all of the windows, make sure you maybe get the kids out of the house for a while, the pets out of the house, but it's nasty, right? And if you don't have to, then don't use it. So yeah, I wanted to really talk about bleach because it's such a common cleaner and people don't really know the extent to what breathing it in does to the body, but it really does affect us. So I want you to think about asthma in the family. What do we do if 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 bleach is being used or even other, any other cleaners? Think it could be the cleaners. Okay. Now um, I wanted to go into the product review, and here's here's why I'm going to talk about some of the products that are commonly used, why I don't like them, and give you better options. This is some of my favorite stuff. This is what I love doing. All right. So why don't we just get to that product review? Lysol just came back on the shelves, all right? And people got excited because it was away for a while. It was sold out. They needed to make more. It was in high demand, right? Supply and demand. And um, Lysol is significant because it's on the EPA list, the EPA list N. And that list is all of the cleaners that have been approved by the EPA as a disinfectant against coronavirus, right? COVID-19. So... um, on this list is Lysol. But also on the list are less toxic ingredients, which I'm going to tell you a little bit about. Um, but most of us know about the Environmental Working Group. By now, if you've been listening to me, I mean, I've probably episode one or two, I've mentioned them already. And up till now, probably hundreds of times. But They have a guide to healthy cleaning. I want you all to be familiar with this. The guide for healthy cleaning is a tool that we can use. We can use this because it's going to help us shop for cleaning supplies, not only all-purpose cleaners, but window cleaner, right? Floor cleaner, bathroom cleaner. So on this website, from the 101 products that Lysol has on the website, uh, 47% score an F and only 5 scored an A and 8 scored a B, right? And the scores are based on this. How the ingredients in the product affect you, your asthma or respiratory system, your skin, or if there's any allergies or irritation being caused, if there's any developmental or reproductive toxicity, if it's it's carcinogenic or it can push cancer in the body, or if it has ecological environmental effects. When they score these you know, based on the ingredients, then they get a letter grade. Well, as I said, almost half of the Lysol products got an F, right? And you know, four get an A and eight get a B. So we know Lysol just overall as a company can be doing much better and there are better companies out there. So I wanna tell you in a little bit what is better than Lysol, but just as effective according to the EPA. The common multipurpose Lysol cleaner, that's the popular one that you're gonna see, the one that's back on the shelves, that's according to an F, right? It's a cleaning spray, it's a disinfecting spray but there's some concern for skin irritation. There's a moderate concern for asthma and allergies. There's a high concern for developmental and reproductive toxicity. So if you look at the ingredients, check out the back and you're gonna see water and alcohol are really the only acceptable ingredients in there. The rest are really toxic. So if you're spraying this at home and you have kids and you have dogs and they have allergies or asthma, this might be the number one culprit in your house. Worse yet, if you're constantly using this and you're trying to get pregnant or you are pregnant, well, this can affect the baby, right? One of the biggest concerns in Lysol is developmental and reproductive toxicity. So keep yourself safe, right? Get it out of the house. The part that always gets me, and we don't know and we're never informed. That's really something that gets me because like, I know there's people listening right now who are going to go, well, damn, I use Lysol. Like, wh- how come no one ever told me? Because I had to listen to this guy on, on my phone telling me about Lysol. It's unfortunate because it's not common knowledge, but let's make it common knowledge, right? You just found out, put it on your story, tell someone you care about, post it, do whatever you need to do to start making this more mainstream. Because I use, I used to use Lysol all the time in college until I found out that there were better opportunities for a healthier home. Okay, so, uh, yeah, back then there was no podcasts on or mainstream health stuff. It wasn't trendy. Right. But now it's getting there and now we're more empowered and informed. All right. What about the popular non-toxic ones? You know, the ones sold at the health food store, the health conscious stores like Whole Foods. Ooh, Miss Myers. I know, man. I've seen this in so many people's. Ha- I've actually seen it in medical clinics, uh, healthy medical clinics. So, Miss Myers, of the 226 products on the Environmental Working Group database, 66% scored a D grade, 9% scored a C, and 23% scored a B. So it's a little bit better than Lysol, but not that that much better, right? You'll see that a lot of these are really poor. So their most popular products are their counter sprays, right? The all-purpose counter sprays. Those scored a D across the board, all the different scents. That was D, 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 D. Today, I just put it on my story and a lot of you already saw it. So is what I'm talking about. Um, But again, some concern for asthma and allergies, some skin concern for irritations, um, and there was a lower concern for developmental and reproductive toxicity than Lysol, okay? But it's the same score for their bathroom cleaners, for their general purpose... Cleaners, glass and window cleaners, hand washing detergent, laundry detergent. It's not overall a good company. Period. When it comes to clean homes, they got some really good packaging, and they're at Whole Foods. But remember, Miss Myers ain't that good. So what about Method? Ooh, this is another one. Okay, so of the two hundred twenty-one products in the Environmental Working Group database, fifty-seven percent scored a D grade, twenty-four percent scored a C, and seven percent scored a B. Right. So it's just as poor. It's a popular disinfectant, but it's just as poor, pretty much, Um, and Again, some concerns for skin allergies and asthma, moderate concerns for asthma and... A- Sorry, oh, no, I messed that one up. So there's some concern for skin irritations, more moderate concerns for allergies and asthma. But again, the company as a whole, dishwashing detergents, same poor score, fabric softeners, bathroom cleaners, hand washing detergents, laundry detergent, all across the board. It's the same thing as Miss Myers. Method's really popular. You'll see that. Go to Whole Foods. You'll go to the cleaning cleaning section. They just have brand new packaging. It looks a lot more sleek. All their stuff looks matted. It's can't even look into it. It's really sleek and trendy, but it's a shitty company. All right? So what do I like better? Now, mind you, you know me if you know my work or if you're new to this, I'm going to tell you. I have no connection to these. I don't make money off of any of these companies. What I do, and this is why I'll talk about uh, a lot of companies in the same field, Right, I talk about green tea. I'll talk about my favorite green teas because I have no loyalty to any of them. But purity is a really good one. You don't believe me? Check it out. Go in the Environmental Working Group database, type them in, and look at their all-purpose cleaner. Their all-purpose cleaner gets an A rating, non-toxic. This is really good, right? You want if you have a brand new, a brand new child, a newborn, uh, teenagers, toddlers, everything. You want to make sure you're keeping them safe. Pets, you know, little puppies. Who we love our pets. We love our cats. We love our animals. Um, so make sure that you're using really good quality cleaner. Branch Basics, another one of my favorites. I've been talking about this one for a while. They're concentrate that they use. And if you're familiar with them, they give you the concentrate and you mix it in varying ratios for different cleaners, right? Like window cleaner, all-purpose cleaner, laundry. They get a B rating um, and they should get an A rating, but they have something called in their sodium phytate, which is less of a concern to us as humans, but more of an ecological concern. So hopefully they change that, but overall... A really good one too. Some other good companies, just so you keep this in mind, uh, you can write a list even. Aspen Clean, Attitude, Aunt Fanny's, Austin's, Baby Gannix, Buggy Love, Citrusolve, Common Good, CLR, the Mold and Mildew one. That's actually more conventional. I was actually surprised that that one got an A rating, but if if you are suffering with Mold and Mildew, CLR apparently is pretty safe across the board. Dapple, Dr. Bronner's, that's no surprise there. Some of the earth-friendly ones, the ECOS, ECOS. You'll see that one. That one's actually at Whole Foods. That's a more common one. They're better than uh, Miss Myers and the uh, method, but um, just keep an eye on their products too across the board because some of them are really good. Some of them are like meh. Um, Equate, Green Shield, Lion Bear, Mama Suds, which is a little popular one too, Maloria, Ology, Poofy, P U R, Pure, uh, Sun and Earth, Truce, and Wonelli. Those are the ones that are really. Uh, across the board, or all getting A ratings, it's sort of like trial and error, right? You have this list here that I just mentioned. You have the ones that I mentioned before. This try them out, see how they work. You may love them, you may not love them. It's all up to you. Now, let's talk about some stuff you have in the home. There's a lot of DIY stuff you can do. Arm and Hammer actually gets an A as the baking soda for on the EWG. So if you get baking soda, grab the Arm and Hammer one. And the thing is there, the alkalinity of baking soda helps negate a lot of this grime, right? Those acidic grime and also the odors. So it's helpful for odors. And this is why people put it in closets, sometimes in refrigerators. But uh, yeah, baking soda is a really good ingredient to a DIY formula. Then you have vinegar or or lemon and vinegar. And I I want to remind you, when it comes to vinegar for cleaning, make sure you're not using the food grade one. Use the cleaning vinegar, which is more concentrated. Um, it's a, it's a small percent higher, but it makes a bigger difference. And this is really good for that really like tough grime. Now, from what I understand, I haven't used vinegar to on, on, uh, like marble or, or stainless steel. So, but make sure that you can use it on that. I don't wouldn't want you all to, you know, really mess up any of the surfaces in your house, but, um, uh, just keep an eye on that. Castile, that was the Dr. Bronos ones that I mentioned, a really good ingredient in a, in a, uh, at home cleaning, cleaning product. The, it's non-toxic, safe for kids, um, gentle. So uh, Castile should always be part of it. Now, borax, borax powder, I always think borax and I think like mold and mildew. Mor- bol- borax has a really good um, effect against these things, right? So think about now uh, where you do your laundry, right? Especially if you have a front-loading washer, maybe you can use borax along with your laundry detergent. You can use it in the bathroom, right, where, where it's really musty and wet, where mildew is going to build up, think borax. Hydrogen peroxide is a really strong one, really good one. CDC recognizes that it's effective for bacteria, viruses, yeast, fungi, uh, the mold, the mildew. Um, So really, really good one. Hydrogen peroxide is super strong. um, So something that you can always consider putting in an an at-home recipe. Now, thyme oil, thyme oil is going to be really important. This is one that not a lot of people talk about, but remember when I mentioned, and I'll bring you back to it, the EPA list N. On the EPA list and thyme oil's on there, particularly one of the constituents called thyme all. Thyme all has actually been recognized by the EPA as a disinfectant for COVID, right? So whatever at-home recipe you make, make sure you go and purchase thyme oil. And if you don't know what oil to use, go back to the essential oil episode. I went over the top ones. Now you know you can use a thyme oil as an ingredient to a cleaner, all-purpose cleaner that you put together for with the intention of disinfection of COVID in the surfaces. There you go. Look at that. At-home stuff, pretty affordable, fairly cheap. The Thai oil might be the most expensive thing, but get a good quality one, right? And start using that. You can do a DIY. Now, I would give you a DIY recipe, but there's so many different ones for so many different surfaces. So I urge you to do that research yourself. All right. So excited to get this guy on. Chase, I've been on his podcast We'll talk a little bit about that, but super interesting. He's going to go into a lot about health. He's going to go into about his health journey. He has an incredible story, and then we're just going to vibe. This is I want. I told him, hey Trace, if you're coming in here, I want an organic convo. Period. No, no, no outline, no nothing. Just straight to it, just like we do. So uh, sit tight. We're about to get to it. All right, everyone. Special guest. As I mentioned, he's a special guy. Chase Tuning is a man. He is the host of Ever Forward Radio, and we did an amazing show on it. I mean, we were right in my front yard, sitting Indian style, going into all of the stuff that really ticks me off about the community, the medical community, and how we're doing things wrong, and this and that. Anyway, he's a certified health coach, and he just has an incredible story. A friend of mine, and it's like, Chase, man, Welcome.
1: Dr. G, thank you. Thank yeah. you. It's, uh, it's good to be in a studio, but I do miss the the sunlight we had in ours, man. Yeah. Before yeah.
0: you came, you missed it. I was doing my segment. And I did a little tease. I was like, listen, I got a lot of people say, hey, Dr. G, you got such a smoothing, like smooth, calm voice. I feel really good. <laughs> this guy's voice it's is true. made, made for being on the radio and on TV. It's perfect.
1: Thank you, man. And that's part of the story too, which I'm sure we'll get into. One yeah. day someone said that and it was the the catalyst to, to do this,
0: yeah. So take me back to a, a long time ago. Let's say ten years ago. What were you doing? Where were you at?
1: It's funny you say ten years ago. So exactly ten years ago, I was completely starting my life over again. Uh, I was technically medically retired out of the army. I'd done six years active duty, and in preparation for a deployment, during war games, actually, I wound up getting really significantly injured, uh, and. Got sent to a med hold unit, completely pulled out of my job. Uh, for about a year and a half, I was a patient in and out of rehab and surgeries. I've had both my hips completely reconstructed, um, like femurs removed, reshaped, put back in, um, rods and pins. And so it was a hard last year and a half. And then literally 10 years ago, I um, put the wheelchair on the roof of my car and signed out and then drove out of Texas and drove back to Virginia to, to start my life over. Mm. Whoa. Did you say your femur came out? I was just, I'm still on that one. Yeah. So Oof. the, the actual event, what happened was this, I mean, it was a big kind of just assault literally. And I was leading this assault and, um, I don't really remember all the details, but I just, I thought I got shot. I was just, all of a sudden I was up and then I was down. And then I had this really excruciating pain in my, my hip and my hamstring and my back. Uh, I want to, I tore my hamstring my L four and L five vertebrae went that way. The rest Ooh. of my spine kind of went that way, Ooh. and just significant trauma to my hips. And then wound up just needing to go in and do completely reconstructive surgery to my femurs. Wow, wow. So, so
0: you're in there a year and a half. You said in and out.
1: A year and a half. It was uh, go in, do one side. They reshaped it. Bedridden for a while. Home rest. Rehab. Once I could get back up to where I could walk again and load bear, they would go back into the other side. Whoa. So it was touch and go for about a year and a half. Yeah. So,
0: so physically. Where were you at at that point? Was it like every day in pain, excruciating pain? Yeah. How was that?
1: It Some days it definitely got better towards the end yeah. uh, through various rehab modalities and things like that. But um, the second one is actually pretty bad. I wound up re-injuring, partially tore my labrum and uh, pretty much got hooked on pain pills. Like I was on everything. Mm-hmm. Um hydromorphone, dilaudid, fentanyl patches, fentanyl suckers. They mm. made it like a fun experience, not to play it lightly, but yeah, after like four or five months, I uh, wound up getting pretty kind of hooked on narcotic pain meds, cause just, it was legit. I was in a lot of pain. Um, that induced a seizure, wound up knocking myself out unconscious, gave myself a traumatic brain injury through it all, wound up back in the hospital, uh, kind of back on bed rest, redoing some of the stuff in my hip, and then the whole head issue.
0: Whoa. So then within all this time, and even after the head issue, mentally, emotionally, where, where were you?
1: Man, I was a wreck. I, I thought I, I had my life squared away. I was 23, about to be t- about 24. And at that time, I enlisted for six years to kind of follow in my father's footsteps. He was in the military, mm-hmm. long family history of that. And it just wasn't in the cards. And so I had, at 18, technically enlisted at 17, I had committed to, I'm, I'm going to do this for a career. So then at 23, 24, almost, um, I wound up having to just start sooner than I thought and the next season of life. And I also was going through a lot emotionally, mm-hmm. um, despite having to look for a different job, um, be disabled, um, decide what I want to do with my life. Mm-hmm. I was in a really, really dark place with the whole loss of my father. He, um, he passed away from Lou Gehrig's disease, ALS.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And it was about an 18-month battle from diagnosis to when he passed away. And when that happened, I was thousands of miles away from my home. And so anytime I would see him, I'd come home for a little bit and he would just be significantly worse, significantly worse. He had a really escalated case and uh, it le- literally gave me PTSD, like mm. diagnosed PTSD. And um, and then going through his, his burial process was something that was extremely traumatic for me. And that actually, to kind of go with the whole where my head was, was why and how I got injured. Um, to backtrack a little bit, I kind of like lost my will to live and I I was never in a point where I was going to take my own life, but I just flat out didn't care Mm. anymore. And I figured, well, I'm in a very fortuitous position to, uh, die Mm. (laughs) on the job. Um, and so that's why I volunteered for that deployment. I was trying to go on these missions, trying to get assigned, trying to like even change jobs so that I could go over there, as we called it. Uh, and I was like, my family will be good. They'll get this massive life insurance payout, uh, and I won't have to deal with this anymore. And so by me not dealing with that emotional trauma and just stuffing down the grief of my dad, I was on that training mission that got me injured, that got me kicked out, that was like the catalyst for everything I'm doing now.
0: Whoa. It's like these little dominoes that just keep knocking. Very painful dominoes. Yeah, Yeah, painful dominoes, (laughs) a lot of trauma. So your dad passes away. You have this physical, just surgery after surgery. Mentally, emotionally, you ain't right. Nah. Right? Nah, yeah. Okay, so then what happens after, so you're medically discharged?
1: Yeah, medically discharged, medical retirement, actually. Just the the nature and level of my injuries at the time.
0: Okay, and then where do you go? Back to Virginia, you said?
1: Yeah, so I signed out of base. I was uh, leaving the Brooke Army Medical Center, this medical, Army Medical Hospital in Texas. Uh, Went back to Virginia, where my family is from, and decided, at that moment, I had a little bit of clarity. It's like if I don't do something now, I probably won't. So I enrolled for school because I had a lot of education benefits to the military. And I'd begun at that point, through a lot of couch time and bedtime, recovering from the surgeries, to really dive into the human body and the human potential. So, well, I can't I can't pick up an 80-pound ruck and just march for miles. I can't go for a run. I can't go to the gym. What can I do? So I began to really understand and read a lot more about wellness, really, mm-hmm. uh, nutrition, um, various modalities to exercise. Well, I can't do what I'm used to, but what can I do? And so the books were good. I decided I wanted to study it. So I, I enrolled at school for um, exercise science mm-hmm. at VCU back in Richmond. And that not only helped me recover, but I realized that I could do this as a profession. I realized there were jobs, uh, trainers, health coaches, group exercise, corporate wellness. And so I began to kind of just go down that path. And yeah, it would started out just hey, let me not waste these resources. Let me not waste this, this benefit that I have turned into, really, I found my calling, I think.
0: So then all of a sudden, mentally, emotionally, what's happening, what's shifting within you?
1: Purpose, um, realizing that a lot of people had it worse than me. And it was kind of a reminder because during that time in that med hold unit, I was with guys and girls, soldiers coming back from theater who head to toe were almost unrecognizable third degree burns, missing arms and limbs. And what I went through sucked, like it really did, but I, I came back. Yeah. You know, I, I had a pretty long healing process, but, but nothing like a lot of other people had. Yeah. And I remember I would, I would, when I could, I would literally roll up in my wheelchair or on my cane or, or phone in sometimes to our formations. And um, all these other guys and girls were there Missing arms and limbs, and just their attitude was so much better mm-hmm. than me, and so it was a big reality check for me. And then that kind of was stirred up when I was in school again, and I realized that I, I, I like almost owe it to them. I owe it to what I went through. I owe it to my dad. I owe it to people to, to be an example of what the human bo- the body, the mind can endure, mm-hmm. and like what can be possible out of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so through a few series of like internships and part-time jobs here and there, I realized that like. This was my calling. This is what I wanted to do. And kind of just kept going through all these different roles of personal trainer, group exercise instructor, health coach on the other line of a hotline kind of thing. Yeah, just, just helping people where I could and then tying in my story to help them get past why they can't start or, mm-hmm. you know, what maybe might be holding them back. And I would just share my story. And I found that that was really so, so helpful for people.
0: Super inspiring. Right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All of a sudden they're like, well, this guy was in a year and a half on bed rest on and off, right? Yeah you know, why, why can't I just get over this one thing? Yeah. Right? It's, I it's stubbed my really toe inspiring. six months ago. That's why I can't work out. Well,
1: you know, I had to learn how to walk again twice. Exactly. <laughs> it's possible. All right. Especially <laughs> if, you, if
0: you're, dude, if you're my coach, yeah. I'm outside working out <laughs> three, four times a week. I don't care if it's rain or cold or anything like that. Yeah. But how did it feel when you were, when you knew you were in alignment to something that you, you're higher calling, what you're here to do?
1: It was just, I mean, people talk about it all the time. And I'm sure you've experienced it too. It, it's, it's this moment where, you're, you're being pulled in that direction. You're no longer being pushed into pick a job, pick a career, you know, pick a thing to make you money. It was just, it's like, finally, I just opened the right door in life. And the party that I was looking for my entire life was there waiting for me. Mm -hmm. Um, and like I said, I went through a, a range of different jobs and professions to kind of really keep niching down to the thing that I wanted to do that I could actually help people with the most. And that ultimately wound up being health coaching. I went through. I got my, my bachelor's in exercise science, went to grad school for health promotion, concentrated in nutrition, and I, I kept kind of trying to align what I was doing in life for a profession with what was possible out there. But then I found through true health coaching, through the ACE curriculum and a lot of other um, modalities in a clinical setting where I worked, that I was able to just keep niching down, niching down, niching down. Mm -hmm. I didn't need to just find a job that was already out there. I could create my own. And really, it was through human connection and relationship building.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The the same, like, with me, I sort of, like, saw the ballpark. And I was like, I guess that's the ballpark. I don't know. I'm being pulled to it. Yeah. And then through through the years, I was like, well, I ended up in, like, you know, center field. And this is exactly Exactly. where I need to, you know, you just don't know what position. But that's how it feels. It's like you being pulled. I think that's the best way Mm. to put it. Um, Sort of like, whoa, intuitively, I'm getting all of these people, places, things, situations, circumstances that are literally facilitating me to be here. Exactly. That's how you know, right? Yeah. If it, it, let's say I was working in a in a cubicle, I don't know if I'd be facilitated to be there. Yeah. I, like I just wouldn't, it wouldn't. I'd be pushed. I've been in a
1: cubicles before, isn't that? <laughs> yeah, some people, for some, some people, yeah. yeah.
0: But but for uh, you know our personalities and our purposes. So then, w- at what point you said someone mentioned, hey, you got a good voice or something? Let's get you on the. What mm-hmm. happened? Yeah,
1: I always say so. Ever since puberty, um, ever since we're medical, environment, ever since my testicles dropped, I, I feel like I uh, kind of s- literally stepped into you know, my voice. Yeah. I, I've been getting a lot of comments ever since I was a teenager. Hey, do you, do you do radio? Are you in radio? And even my uncle, my uncle was one of the guys who, um, he's been in radio his whole life and was one of the guys that kind of helped Sirius get off the ground, mm-hmm. Sirius Satellite Radio. And for, so for years I'd always heard, hey, let's do a demo, you should do radio. And I just didn't care about, enough about radio. Yeah. But then one day someone made the comment of, wow, are you in radio? something similar like that. And this light bulb went off like, oh no, maybe I should do a podcast. And the only reason that happened was because again, paying attention to that fulfillment, being pulled in the direction of just like what came so natural. This was when I was living in DC. And so at that time I was covering two offices in Northern Virginia, and I was also um, managing the whole wellness department in this concierge medical practice. And so I had a lot of travel. And I think it was on like one of my flights or um, one of my drives, my hour and a half commute in DC, uh, I found a podcast, someone recommended model model health show sean stevenson he's been here he's the goat he's like he's my podcast mentor i mean i've i've gone to anything and everything i can with this i found that show and i was like oh my god like what he's talking about makes so much sense what he's talking about is the most current information the most applicable thing that Mm -hmm. i can now take to my clientele to my patients Mm -hmm. and help them and it just Mm -hmm. dawned on me like oh like this is helping me so much i in my job as a health coach and personally, I just nerd out on the stuff, I love it. What if I did that? And so someone made that comment and this was right after i just found podcasts, like 2014, or no, excuse me, like 15. And uh, I just decided to to go for it. Uh, So I called up my uncle. I was like, hey, Uncle Mitch, how hard is this whole audio thing? He said, well, what do you want to do? Walk me through some of the basics of microphones and editing. And about four months later, I kicked I kickstarted the show, launched Everford Radio. Um, and it was just this passion project because, like I said, I learned so much passively listening. I was like, well, what if I'm the one asking the questions? What if I'm the one talking to them? So for a year, I just did it on lunch breaks, on the weekends, doing an interview when whenever I could. Uh, and it just helped me better in my health coaching practice.
0: Yeah. How many episodes have you gone into right now? What As of doing? today? yeah. yeah
1: three hundred and sixty three yeah i think let's
0: put in perspective this is like 70 something we're at right now (laughs) so you've been at it for a while yeah but it's it's amazing i mean even if when i go on your instagram i swear there's someone it's there's a theme but then it's also like different walks Mm. of life and different Mm. minds and it's pretty it's incredible because like we're exposed to all these people you you put up these awesome clips
1: thank you thank you um
0: so how has that been finally like the pinnacle of your purpose? Or do you feel like there's more now?
1: I don't remember my life before podcast, to be honest. I don't remember, and, and honestly, podcast is just, the, it's the vehicle to, to this. It's right. the relationship building I was talking about before. Because yeah. when I could connect with my clients, my patients as a human being and get past the whole, hey, I've got these degrees, these certifications, I can write you a exercise prescription, I can run you on the treadmill, whatever. But when I actually removed that and became a human with them, that connection was what made them inherent. Is mm-hmm. what uh, helped them spark the idea to to actually apply what we're talking about, or to come up with their own why instead of just their coach telling them what to do. And then for podcasting, it's the same way. It's it's when I can connect with another human being, yeah. and when I can hear their story and share my own, it's we like forget where we are.
0: Yeah,
1: uh, we forget all intentions and yeah. you know drop egos and um, just connect. Yeah. And true human connection has been something that has surpassed my wildest dreams in terms of just personal fulfillment, business opportunities. Um, and it's truly what I think I've thrived off of the most and kind of unbeknownst to me has, have been seeking my entire life. Mm-hmm. Just uh, I'll talk to a wall, I'll talk to anybody. I'm making friends with every barista, every uh-huh. every waiter, everywhere I can. And now I just get to do it You know for for a living,
0: kind for of sure. Thing, yeah. I love that. So, so within your podcast, I know aside from me being the best show ever. Well, of course. Of what, course yeah, yeah. Who, what are some of really interesting things that just blew mm. you away that you had no idea about until this guest came and said, "Hey, blah blah blah, blah blah blah, and blah blah blah."
1: Recently, you'll appreciate this being a uh, medical professional. You are. I had um, a founder of a, a health and wellness company, primarily focusing on like bone broth and gut health and things mm-hmm. like that. And she's a nutritionist herself, and she brought up the point. Maybe I've heard this, but I don't know. At the moment, it struck me like like the heavens parted. Like, oh, my God. That um, why a lot of people, like the whole connection between the gut health and the brain health, like mm-hmm. the gut being the second brain, in utero, that initial cell, that initial tissue is the same mm-hmm. that splits off to become mm-hmm. your gut and your brain. Mm-hmm. I literally had to pause her like during the interview. I was like, "You, you what? Say that again? Yeah. Are you kidding me?" Like it just made this so, so much sense. So little things like that always blow my mind when I get mm-hmm. to connect on like the health and fitness and nutrition level. But then yeah, like you said, I, I talk to a lot of other people with just good stories. Yeah. Um, when I when I look for a guest, it's um, it's not accolade and title and followers, yeah. but it's what story do you have that honestly is going to benefit me and mm-hmm. I know is going to benefit my audience. Um, I've had, um, honestly, one of the stories that blew me away the most is Bedros Kulian mm. You familiar with him? Mm. He's the founder and CEO of Fit Body Bootcamp, uh, big time fitness entrepreneur. And he escaped, him and his family escaped Soviet Russia. And just to hear him talk about living and eating out of dumpsters, mm-hmm. uh, his mom dousing his head with gasoline because uh, they had lice, uh, not speaking English. And just what he went through as a human being, just to survive, uh, an escape persecution. And now he's eight, nine figure entrepreneur. Uh, it's just like the human potential blows me away.
0: Yeah. yeah. A- and that, those stories are very common. Yeah, Like I listen to podcasts myself, different ones and not just medical, but any yeah. business ones. It's, it's pretty incredible to hear how inspiring. When you hear people's stories, I'm like, well damn, you know, like we've all, Man. everyone has something, you know, everyone has something that because I'm so esoteric and like <laughs> the, the universe gives you the opportunity yeah. throughout life, you know, it to try to gives you on that, put you on that path as like, that's your compass. And here, you want to realize what you're here for here. Yeah. And sometimes they're really good. Sometimes they're really quote unquote bad, but regardless, we still get them. We still mm-hmm. create them. Mm-hmm. And and mm-hmm. it's pretty incredible where it leads us. Um, so Let's say I'm sitting uh, on your show and I'm like, listen, I really, I mean, Chase, you've found your passion. You have such a crazy story. Like, what are some tips for mm. me to know my passion, to find my passion? Let's say I'm working at, you know, let's say I'm working at L.A. Dodger Stadium mm. and I don't like it anymore. I want to leave. How do I find my passion?
1: I'm putting a guy on the spot. Yeah, oh, no. because I want to uh, yeah, just yeah. from your I want to uh-huh. know what
0: comes out of you. Because this is yeah. so important. A lot of us want to know how to find our passion and, and you know our soul's purpose. Mm-hmm.
1: I get this question a fair amount, but I, I love kind of like how you phrased it. And my kind of initial response is always pay attention to the gifts that others already receive from you.
0: Okay.
1: Example, my whole life I had heard like your voice, I like your voice. I, I like listening to you. It never clicked with me. I, I, I never paid attention to it. What was extraordinary for somebody else was my ordinary. And mm-hmm. I think that's where a lot of people... They kind of bypass that. So, what maybe a natural talent of yours or anybody, it doesn't seem like anything special because it's naturally good for us. It's naturally easy. It's just what comes to us second nature. But to somebody else, like they would pay for that, Uh, or they would show up to a reading or a screening or read your blog or whatever. So, I, I think oftentimes it's not a matter of I need to go find something. I need to go try a million different jobs. I need to go do a million different things and just see what sticks to see what pulls me, you know? Um, It literally, I think can be as simple as just take a little piece of paper out, inventory. All right, whenever anybody has this type of problem, they come to me or this type of question, this type of subject this ain't hell you could like pull your instagram audience mm-hmm. why do you follow me uh like what is unique about my content right. uh I, I think a lot of times people were, we're overlooking our own greatness because it doesn't seem special to us but it is to a lot of other people
0: i love that that is that because it's our gifts it is yeah right and we yeah. just overlook our gifts yeah it's wild, uh, wild. Yeah. It's, it, it, it's be interesting like if LeBron James, we're talking to him, he's like, yeah, I mean, like, I just, I'm, I'm just naturally doing what I'm good at. Of course he refined it. I'm just the best. Yeah. But like, (laughs) I'm sure in high school, he's like, I'm just better than everyone for some (laughs) reason. Like, but he's physically gifted, but Mm. you know, we have all of these talents. It's just identifying and you've gave the perfect way. Like, why do people come to me? Mm. What do they look for? You know? And, and what do they see in you that you may not see in yourself? I love that. All right. So you're a healthy guy. You're into health.
1: A yeah, little bit. Yeah, a little bit.
0: What are what are some some of the things that you do that we can you know learn from you and start taking into our every single day? Oh, some of man. just your favorite things. It doesn't matter. Like your favorite Ooh. supplements, favorite practices. I know we talked about rituals. I was going to say, they definitely
1: need to go back and listen to our yeah. episode on Everford Radio with you because that was like one of the main things we talked about was the power of rituals. Mm-hmm. Morning routine, morning rituals, evening rituals, just anything you can do in your life that you can maintain, that you can hold the line on because- it provides infrastructure. It provides stability. It provides the familiar. And I'm not saying that so that you can always stay comfortable or stay idle, but like we're human beings. We're creatures of habit. Literally the brain just tries to operate all the time off of functioning the least. It just needs <laughs> to connect the dots yeah. as quickly as possible and never have to connect more again. That's why learning new things, doing new things is so difficult because we have a little bit of that biochemistry fighting back. Um, so, Ritual is definitely number one. Uh, it, it doesn't have to, I mean, I know you got a lot. I got a lot. Um, it doesn't have to be that. And it doesn't have to be what anybody else does. It needs to be what you can do, what you're going to do all the time. And if that's just as simple as waking up and every day you drink one ounce more of water than the day before, that's great. But just lean into it. Mm-hmm. When you when you try something new, just pay attention. How easy was it for me? Or maybe it was a little bit of difficult. More difficult to get started, but the payoff was great. Yeah. Like I actually felt great, yeah. or it was some kind of ripple effect. Pay attention. Um, I think people, if they just took a log, really, uh, I'm not saying count your calories, but just a, a log of one day, I got up at this time, and for, for no purpose of changing any variable, but just document. I got up at this time, this is how I felt. Then I did this, then I ate this, or then I didn't eat this, and then I had coffee, and then I took this route to work, and then I talked to Susie at the water cooler, or I Zoom called my mom. Just a whole day, and then reflect on it, document and then reflect. And then just pay attention, like, are any of these habits? Maybe you don't even know why you're doing some of these things. And I I think just by documenting what we're already doing, we can begin to kind of bring uh, that initial sense of awareness to our day of why we do things, why we don't, how you feel about it. Um, This is also, I think, the initial footsteps like biofeedback. Um, I woke up at this time, was that normal for me? Did I feel groggy? Why? Okay, then you're gonna start thinking about the night before, the day before. Um, I, I think, and this goes way deeper, I think, into just, like, physical health. It goes into mental health. It goes into emotional health. And I say this because this is, all I do, I just speak from experience, really. Mm-hmm. Um, this was the most transformational thing for me when I, like, years ago, uh, before I really kind of dove fully into my rituals and my habits and optimizing myself outside of anything I learned in school or any certification, just truly a brain dump to get what's well, out of my head and out of my heart onto paper so that my eyes could see it my hand could write it, um, and then I could feel it again and then just process it.
0: I love that. That's the, the whole point of what I say journaling, but yeah. I love the, the yeah. systematic approach, yeah. especially for my brain. You know, maybe I sh- I, I'd like to actually do that, see man, I woke up at seven here, but like 7.45 here. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's not, it's not the same. Yeah, yeah. Or how do I feel? And really getting in touch. I love how you also mentioned talking to Susie at the cooler. <laughs> because, shout out Susie. Yeah. <laughs> shout out Susie. Cause every time you write, Susie, you might mm. get back to your desk and be like, Oh, I don't feel right. Like yeah. she sucked a lot of energy out of me. Maybe
1: I need to break that habit loop. Maybe it's a loop break... I don't even know I have. Yeah.
0: Exactly. Um, okay. All right. All right. Any, any, do you take supplements?
1: Yes. All right. Yeah. Quite a few. Quite a few. Which one? Yeah. Which
0: one is one that you can't live without? Which one's like this is my guy. This is this is amazing.
1: Uh, uh super a super greens powder. Um, so I use this one. It's called Strong Greens by this company BBN, and I, I've been using it for years and years. And before that, I was using another brand, but honestly, just I think if anybody can latch on, do your research, do your research mm-hmm. of a high quality, tested, um, third party tested, just yes. high quality super greens. First thing in the morning. Uh, I wake up, I pound water, usually like 32 ounces at least. Mm -hmm. Then I do my greens. Um, Just because when you wake up, you're in a fasted and dehydrated state. Your body is craving hydration and craving micronutrients for everything that it's doing in its sleep. Mm -hmm. Flushing out the lymphatic, the glymphatic, and just waste in general. Um, So it's, it's like the most... Ready sponge it could ever be. So I found that when I do that, the rest of my day is set. It's love one that. of the most non-negotiables for me. That and uh, I know you and I jive on uh, like lion's mane. Oh, we love cordyceps it. mushrooms. We game changer. Mushroom. Yeah, game changer. Every day. Every day. Every day. Yeah,
0: yeah same thing with me. I'll, I'll do. Um, I'll make a drink with coconut uh, water in it. Yeah. Um, and I'll put some MCT oil mm-hmm. and some a few fruits in there. Mm-hmm and uh, a blend in the Vitamix and just drink it, make it cold, right? Cause I'm like, all right, it just helps. And then I'll go right to the lines main. So I do take minerals. I put the minerals in there too. So it's like, so we're like fully ready. If my morning I'm not buzzing, then I'm doing something wrong. (laughs) I need to be ready. My brain's gotta be like.
1: And as much as I love coffee and caffeine, like when when my dad got out of the military, he wound up opening up a string of coffee houses. So I've I've Mm. grown up in coffee houses and restaurant and entrepreneurship. Um, I've only ever been three things, a barista, a soldier or health chase basically yeah, i guess it. now a podcaster and so um i mean i love my caffeine and coffee i absolutely love it uh-huh. but I, I i monitor it and there's a time and a place and i don't consume caffeine at least for the first one to two hours at least of waking mm-hmm. up mm-hmm. um it's just trust me if you're waking up and going to the caffeine you got other things you can focus yeah on.
0: for sure think about the cortisol your cortisol is supposed mm-hmm. to be high yeah. you know you're going to be raising it up when you drink the caffeine yeah. You should wait, wait, exactly. wait a little bit, you know, and yeah. you're already dehydrated as it is. So yeah, 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 seriously. It's, it's really, it's yeah. really cool. All right, so um, before we wrap it up, is there anything that you really want to leave with the audience that, that, you know, is really important to you, it's in your mm. heart, that you want us to remember or write down or something, anything?
1: To go like a little bit more into like my backstory, you know, I, I kind of like skimmed over, I talked about how, yeah, I went in the military to follow my dad's footsteps and then I wound up, you know, you can go back and listen. Um, the the greatest thing that I overlooked and the thing that was pulling me the hardest that I was ignoring, and you were talking about paying attention to your your purpose and fulfillment. um, It often comes, and again, speaking from personal experience here, it often comes from the thing that we're running away from. For me, losing my dad was the most traumatic event in my life. He was my best friend. He was just this model citizen, this model husband, this model father. I mean, he had his faults for sure, we all do, but um, he was just everything. And so losing him put me into a tail tailspin mm. like to the point where I told you that I didn't care if I lived or not. I was actively seeking to not come home alive. And I stuffed that down. I didn't deal with it. I let grief just fester and become this internal emotional wound for about 10, 12 years. And it got to the point to where I was becoming unsafe behind the wheel of a car. I would have severe panic attacks hearing a song that my dad and I used to like to listen to. Or in a movie theater, there would be a death and they would pull the sheet over the bed of somebody and I would be completely transplanted Mm -hmm. back in time and like almost to the point of having seizures. Um, And my girlfriend at the time, my wife now, finally snapped me out of my, my worst panic attack that I had at the time. And she's like, look, if you don't get help with this, you're gonna be doing yourself a disservice, and like, I can't deal with this anymore. And so, her snapping me out of that and me having that horrible panic attack saved my relationship, saved my life. I wound up finally going and get on again, off again, a lot of like mental health help. Uh, and so, I wanna tie this all together just because seeking fulfillment, and finding fulfillment has been a very long process for me. I'm constantly paying attention, constantly taking inventory of my life. What fulfills me? What am I doing? Who are the people around me? And then you know, eventually that goes through professions, that goes through these seasons of life, and now I'm doing absolutely what I love to do. And it only became possible when I faced that biggest demon in my life. Mm-hmm. And I finally, instead of running from that loss of my father, I embraced it. And the two words that he said his entire life, that I heard growing up, that to his dying breath, he was an example of were, were ever forward, ever forward, ever forward and so something that used to cause me the most immense amount of pain and trauma and panic attacks and all these horrible issues just it, it wasn't a way a way to live so when I, I ran to them instead of running away from them uh i truly found my purpose in, in calling mm-hmm. and so i completely embodied it i embodied those two words i embodied that memory of my father and that's everford radio the meaning behind the podcast everford apparel what my brother runs and just you know everything we do now comes from the darkest point of our life and it's because i finally just stopped running away from it and found the gift inside of it
0: that's beautiful man that is that is i didn't know that and that's that's a beautiful part of the story um and i resonate with it so much uh thank you for being vulnerable
1: it it gets easier and easier honestly and that's why i love you know thank you for having me on here and thank you for having the conversation to get me to talk about it i still behind my eyes i'm like don't 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 cry but um it's only through having these conversations and exploring it more and more and revisiting it that i keep finding fulfillment i keep finding meaning and you know i get to share that connection piece um with another human being
0: you do and at some of these moments they can really catapult be the catalyst for so much if if we just like surrender to Mm -hmm. it and we're like this is what it is and this is how i feel and I'm good. Let's let's shift it.
1: Now. Amen, brother. Amen. You know, yeah, yeah. So
0: thank you for your knowledge. Your vulnerability is beautiful, man. You got to check. Everyone needs to listen to our episode.
1: Absolutely. And just yeah.
0: subscribe to your podcast. Period. Thank you, you brother. You, it's fire. It's fire. I listen to it. It's fire. All
1: right,
0: <laughs> All right brother. Thank you for joining.
1: Thank you. Appreciate it. All right. It.